Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to be in Mark chapter 5. If you, Hopefully you, you get to read Mark chapter 5, verse 21, following. Um, I'm going to use the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start with verse 21. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on him. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. When Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let them, let them any, let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why are this commotion why all this commotion and weeping the child isn't dead she's only asleep the crowd laughed at him but he made them all leave and took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying holding her hand he said to her talitha kahum which means little girl, get up. And the girl, 
who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Lord, we thank you for this scripture, Lord God. We thank you for what you're about to do here today, Lord God. I just pray right now that you will help in every situation that we face. You'll help us through everything that we're going through, Lord God. And I pray right now that you will keep us on the right path. Lord, help us to have that encounter with you, Jesus. And we praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's amazing to see Jairus. He's the head of the synagogue. He's one of the, the people that was running a church, in a sense. But he comes to Jesus in desperation. He comes, he kneels, he worships, and he says, I need help. He humbles himself to the place that he says, listen, I'm in trouble. My daughter's dying. Heal her. I've heard all the amazing things that you've done. Heal her. Reading this at this time, Jesus truly wasn't into his ministry where he's supposed to be at that time. But miracles have been happening. And the one thing that was preparing him, Jesus, is getting ready. To face something he has to face. And that's death. But he comes to this, this part of scripture. Jairus comes and says, my daughter's in trouble. The healing of Jairus' daughter shows that Jesus, as the Lord of life and death, the last and great enemy, he hadn't came to that place yet. Jesus. But he knew his authority. He knew who he was and who he is. Jairus was humbled and believing and ready to confess his needs. He admitted that his daughter was dying, but believed that a touch from Jesus would heal her. It's amazing. I, I was listening to my kids the other day. And in one of my kids' class, my daughter's class, she, she was talking about how kids today don't believe Jesus 
He's just, it's just a book. The Bible's just a book. The healing's not taking place. Nothing's happening. Why do you believe in something that you can't see, that you can't touch, that you can't feel? How many of you were raised in church? Have you ever seen God? Have you ever touched Jesus or God? And that's what kids today are saying. I don't see him. Don't know nothing about him, but ha <laughs> ha. It's just a book. But for Jairus, at the moment he sees something about his family or a situation, he runs to Jesus and he kneels down and he worships. He humbles himself and he says, I'm in trouble. How many times have we done that? How many times have we got in a situation that we feel like we can't get ourselves out of and we run to God and we ask, God, help us? I'm in trouble. So Jairus had faith in Jesus. He knew who he was and who he is. But then... Jesus says, I'll go with you. Let's go. So he's walking. He's going. And the crowd is big. The crowd is following. And we get to the part where there's a woman. For 12 years, this woman has had an issue with her blood. A situation. She was in desperate mode too. But she was hiding And she was thinking, all I've got to do is touch the hem of his garment. All I've got to do is reach out and touch the hem of his garment, and I'm going to be healed. So she reaches out. Jesus feels the healing go out of him. That's what it says. And stops and says, who touched me? How many of you have ever been to a concert? You've seen a bunch of people together next to one another. Sometimes you may be mosh pitting and things like that or something like that. And everything's happening. Everybody's touching. And when Jesus stops and said, who touched me? Disciples like, really? Everybody's touching everybody at this moment in time. I mean, come on. But he said, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. And then the lady comes. She was scared. But she humbled herself and she said, it is I. I touched you. 
Now, what's ironic about that situation is this. She was not supposed to be there. It's kind of like a leper during that time. If you're bleeding, if something's happening, you're not supposed to come near anybody. You're diseased. So, in her mind, she says, I've got to get to Jesus. But because I'm doing it, I'm a defiled person. But I'm going to defile other people too. I'm going to touch people and they maybe become unclean all of a sudden. So I'm going to mess everything up because I'm desperate. She didn't want to be looked upon that way. She didn't want to be known as a defiled person. But for 12 years, she's been that way. And it's getting worse. And in those 12 years, she had to do something. She ran through her money. Things happen. Now the question is, I'm bringing up in here right now, how desperate are we sometimes? Have we reached out in a defiled moment to get a hold of God, to get a hold of Jesus? But she, they stopped. They talked to her. They had a relationship with her. Jesus had a relationship face-to-face, getting to know one another. I think we miss out sometimes because we need to have that relationship. But then, because of the stoppage, the, the thing that's happening, the, the commotion that's happening, he was too late because Jairus' daughter dies. In people's eyes, that's it. He's too late. We've seen it in another passage where Lazarus, he waited three days. You're too late. Well, here comes Jairus' servants and says, he's too late. She's dead. And I thought it was very interesting because all of a sudden he looks at Jairus and says, have faith. Everything's going to be okay. And he turns around to the crowd and says, you need to stay here. Don't go anywhere. Oh, yeah, by the way, I need Peter, James, and John. They get to Jairus' house, and there's these people going, these mourners, they're out there crying. They're paid people. Did you know that? 
They used to have paid mourners to come to the house to mourn over the, the person. What? But they're out there. They're, they're crying. They're mourning. They're, they're, oh, woe is me. Woe. He's, Jesus is like, what? 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 Okay, come on. Why? Because she's dead. Jesus said he, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Even the mourners did not get to see the miracle that happened because of the unbelief. He brought in the two, the mom and dad. He brought in his three disciples. He walks in. He goes into the room. And then he speaks to the girl. Daughter, get up. Daughter, get up. And she gets up. I was thinking about this message and what it truly means. Sometimes in our lives we get terrified. And we think we have to handle the situation. We have to work it out. We have to get it under control. But all we've got to do is go to the master and humble ourselves and say, God, I need help. Is it hard to humble ourselves? People How many like to be right? <laughs> My wife is raising her hand. Woo, yep, me. Oh. Even though you think you're right, but you may be wrong, you still think you're right. But when that humbling experience happens and it's like, wait a minute, I was wrong. What happens? How big do you feel? You feel real small all of a sudden. Yeah. And then you have to go to that person and go, you know what? I was wrong. Sorry. <laughs> it's hard. It's very hard, especially when there's perfect people around. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It those are the humbling experiences. I remember when I was a kid went to church and all of a sudden I was I was Elijah's age, 18. 
and we had a uh, an evangelist come to our church. We had a revival. And all of a sudden, they said, we want the women on this side. We want the men on this side. Take your shoes off. We're going to uh, do a foot washing. That's a humbling experience. I don't know about you. I, I don't want people to look at my feet. I don't wear flip-flops like everybody else. I wear, you know, closed-in shoes. I just don't do it. Don't do it. But I remember one time, it was with my brothers in my fraternity. And God told me, we got to have a foot washing. And I had a young man, I love him to death. He looked at me, he said, I won't be there. I said, I want you to be there. He said, I'm not going to be there. He said, my foot's deformed. I don't want anybody to look at my feet. I said, I'll tell you what. I want you to come, and I want to wash your feet. I didn't know if he was going to come or not. When I became a brother in the in the in the fraternity I, I was in, you get a big brother, and he was my big brother. I'm the one who took his shoes off. I'm the one who took his socks off. And I sat there and I was putting the water on his feet and washing his feet. And I looked up in his eyes, and he's just crying. And he looked at me, and he says, I don't know why, Sean, but he said, for you to do this for me is a humbling experience. And I said, you don't understand. It's humbling me more than it's humbling you because I care about you. Because you're worthy to have this done. And you didn't want to have it done because you're afraid someone was going to say something about you and your feet. I said, but I just want to take care of you as my brother. And I was thinking about that with this all this week and thinking, we have to be broken sometimes, really all the time, to be humbled so much, to come at Jesus' feet and kneel down and go, I can't do it. Every one of us believes we can do anything, especially young kids, but you can't. Unless you have God. Right there with you. It is important to notice that Jesus did not say, your touch has saved you. 
but your faith has healed you. And we have no mandate to place in reliance on the power of touch. This is what she must have found hard to understand was that here was one who would willingly defile himself for her sake so that she might become clean. Jesus previously did this for the leper. And here is the true power of God's kingdom. For here is the power of the cross and the power of love. I'm about to pass out our questions. Should they move right now? Okay. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week, and may God bless you and your family.